Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I am Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor of Food Logistics and SDCE, and today we have more technology talk with a super interesting topic on digital twins with an executive from Accenture. You may not know it, but digital twins are embedded throughout our entire everyday lives. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining with me today. I am here with Mark George, who is Accenture's North America lead for supply chain and operations strategy. And today we are talking digital twins in the supply chain. Hi, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Hi, Brielle. So first, can you just describe to me what digital twins are and how they really work? Sure. So so first of all, I, I think it's important to recognize that a digital twin really is the combination of the physical world and, and the digital world. And um, if we think about this at kind of its most basic elements, there are typically two things to think about. There's the digital component, which is really a virtual recreation of a real world object or even a system or even a real world process. And then that's combined with a twin, what we call the twin component. And that's really the integration of this virtual environment with data. It can be enterprise data, or it can be data from a sensor or, or analytics. And the thing is that the digital twin can really be used to either to monitor or analyze or even simulate uh, the physical counterpart. Uh, and that can be simulated in either a real-time uh, real uh, environment as an example, or even if you're doing like planning or developing a new, a new uh, system or scenario, we're, we're bombarded with with digital twins around us and we just you know may not appreciate them or recognize them and I'll, I'll just share kind of a very very simple example and this is this is kind of a disservice to the power of digital twin but I'll just share kind of a simple example you know anytime we use a smartphone uh, and we're using a rideshare app and you're tracking you know where where that car is where that where that vehicle is there is a there is a form of digital twin going on because you're you're seeing a, a virtual view of the street or the roads around you, the landscape around you. Uh, you're seeing a, a digital representation of that car. Now it's a little icon, but it's still it's still a you know virtual representation of that vehicle. Um, and and there's data that literally is helping that twin provide you with information. Um, whether it's traffic data, whether it's the velocity of the vehicle, whatever it may happen to be. Uh, and it's even using that information uh, to really, you know, use things like predictive analytics to help you have an estimated time of arrival. So you're really, you're really connecting that the tangible, the the physical, um, with with the virtual. And and by the way, you know, there's there's also uh, some AI going on here because the more times that you're using uh, and, and hailing a car from that location, analytics in the background are saying, "Wow, you know, this this may be a place where we may want to, you know, up our, our demand or our, capa our our capacity going forward." Um, so if we think about this, maybe you know, a little a little bit differently, more from you know, more from our our context in terms of supply chain, um, in, in terms of supply and demand. You know, you're, you're able to track, as an example, things like inventory uh, real time. 
Um, and then you can you, you can make recommendations of your multi-echelon stocking strategy, your placement, et cetera, redistribution, if you will, you know, based on live demand. And we'll talk more about how it works in a second, but that's that's one use case. Another uh, is asset management. You know, we're able to monitor your operations continuously. You're, you're identifying uh, anomalies, abnormal behaviors, and and, and also allowing you know human operators to react promptly and you know even for things like he's even re like reducing uh, downtime. Um, so those are real time examples. You know uh, others are like you know when you're trying to simulate uh, the introduction of a new product into into the uh, supply chain or in, you know introducing a new vendor coming online. So you have a new a new node, a new channel of supply. So those can be modeled and, and can be simulated. Ultimately, what we're doing is we're able to connect the, the transactional data that represents customers, their journeys, or your products, or your services, that, that dynamic demand and, and the characteristics of that demand and the characteristics of the product. And you're pairing that with the digital representation of the landscape that has to deliver that product or that service. So in my example with the ride sharing, you know, we're, it's a digital representation of the roadway and, and the vehicle and, and the speed and all those sorts of things. But that's a very simple example because you know, digital twins are used uh, to solve you know, much more complex uh, uh, scenarios, much more complex environments. Um, and ultimately, what you're able to do is, is have you know, interconnectivity between systems in a way that really was never possible before. Um, you're able to merge tailored or interactive or even you know, in the immersive virtual world with the richness and, and the insight that the data and analytics provide. Um, and I'll just, you know, so I'll, I'll pause there if you have another comment, but I can, I can pivot a little bit to, um, you know, how, how this really is very, very relevant in a supply chain and a, and a manufacturing environment as well. But I'll, I'll pause if you have a comment before I move on. Well, I just thought it was really interesting about how you brought up the ride sharing apps, because there's a lot of technology that I cover that a lot of the mainstream consumers are aware of and they be kind, become kind of buzzwords and machine learning and AI, that's obviously a huge area that everyone knows about, but I think digital twins are less common or, and, and less aware or, or less you know, prominent that people are aware of. And I, and I love your analogy with the ride shares because it really is actually a part of our everyday lives. Um, and then the same with, with, product inventory it's it's super interesting to me how it can you know really connect everything together how do you think that this helps supply chain supply chain manor, managers specifically i know you touched on it a little bit but i'm just curious to know like the back end of things sure so so first of all you know if we think about um the the prominence uh that the control towers you know have in in supply chains today and and they, they really are ubiquitous and we think about the control tower providing vital visibility into where inventory is is at, where it's placed. You know, literally how how that order is being managed, and as as it advances, you know, through the supply chain, uh, you know, all the way upstream from you know your demand management, all the way through to fulfillment, it's giving that visibility you know, of, of that true end to end. But control tower doesn't truly help you understand why that order 
is moving at the pace it is or why it, re it, it encumbers an impediment or a delay or some other challenge. And what's so powerful about Digital Twin is that it's really developing a, a view, a digital view um, of the operating environment, the operating landscape that that inventory or that that order um, or that, that supply chain node actually is running on. So as an example, um, it can help us understand in a, in a process environment, you know, if we're using things like IoT or other sensors, or by the way, maybe not even using real-time data, maybe we're uploading processing rates, uh, you know, on a hourly basis or end of day or something. So it isn't always real-time dynamic, but imagine being able to have the understanding of how all of those underlying capabilities, systems, uh, processing rates, even, even people keep a, a productivity. Imagine having that view in a digital model so that you can understand if I were trying to optimize velocity or optimize productivity uh, or make this make sure that this, this entire journey for my client is truly frictionless, you're able to combine that the product or service and that journey along with all of the underlying capabilities, the infrastructures, the relationships that you may have with multiple vendors and the, and the incoming materials, your, your conversion rates, your handling rates, your product yields, you know, logistics and, and where you're gonna actually place that inventory. Imagine having all of that data at your fingertips and how impactful that would be in making supply chain decisions, whatever you're trying to optimize, whether it's driving driving growth or or whether it's it's driving or managing cost, but ultimately, the way we think about this is in terms of you know what we refer to as a a customer centric supply chain because today leading firms no no longer think about a supply chain as being a cost center, but it really is positioned as a is a is a, is a lever or a vehicle of differentiation and, and profitable growth. But to really you know, drive that profitable growth and, and, that, and that frictionless customer experience, you really need to have a dynamic view of how all of those underlying, what I would call the delivery components, the enabling components are actually performing. Would you say that digital twins are a part of AI or is it its own kind of thing? Like what's the separation there? There's a there's a there's a great uh, intersection between AI and, and and digital twins. So so first of all, um, when you know, I, I think it's important to recognize that you know I've been describing a lot of these underlying components that that make up the the what I would call the delivery landscape, uh, whether it's in production, you know, whether it's in supply chain, wherever it may happen to be, and and as you could imagine, there's a lot of data that's required. To, to understand all of those all of those capabilities, their performance levels, uh, whether it's in real time or near real time, it's still an, an immense amount of data. And then you couple that data, uh, Brielle, with the number of orders that are being supported, the number of you know, the number of transactions that are being supported, and you multiply that times the complexity of the different type of products or or services that are flowing across. Now you have an, an immense data landscape. And, and so one of the critical enablers that, that, that really digital twin, when it's fully implemented to, to this, this level, really relies upon is cloud computing. 
Um, and, and if it were not, uh, you know, for the prominence of cloud computing today, I, I wouldn't say digital twin would be impossible, but it certainly would not deliver uh, on the full promise that I've been sharing with you today. Uh, so cloud computing is a key element to this. So imagine that we happen to have uh, a production environment where when a given customer or, or segment uh, of customers are, are, are creating demand for a certain product and that certain product flows through you know demand planning production uh, production scheduling and then and then all and all, all the way through uh, so ima imagine that when this particular product is being is being created you know in a plant environment whatever it happen to be that certain equipment needs to be shut down reconfigured there's a setup a changeover going on something else happens um, and this particular product has certain characteristics certain attributes and as it turns out that that particular workstation or that particular group of workers, when they're actually serving those unique characteristics of that, pro of that product, it's very possible that there, are, that there are enhanced delays, or in fact, even the changeover is obviously we know is creating delays. Over time with AI, with the, with the number of times that that particular customer group is requesting that particular product and that particular workstation has to, I'll, I'll use the term suffer, you know, suffer through that reconfiguration. The algorithm is now learning the impact on the delay of not only that one product, because setting up that workstation requires time, right? So there's delay in getting that done, but also you're consuming capacity to create that one group of products for that one group of clients. And this, this complexity is actually creating those delays and it doesn't only impact that one product, it impacts every other product that's scheduled behind it that is also gonna impact the service levels of those customers and those services. And so the reason why this is so vital is that the, again, the amount of data to comprehend this, you know, the, the, this conundrum, if you will, to capture this manually is you know, just you know, almost an impossible task. And with AI, those correlations rapidly become, you know, become learned. And so with machine learning, there's now an ability to recognize anytime I have that product in this configuration going through this workstation, it's going to incur, you know, directionally this type of delay. Based on that, we should now increase our stocking strategy, you know, uh, for, for a certain level, or this part should be stocked for this particular group, maybe with closer proximity, things of this nature. So again, it just gives you unprecedented ability to optimize around all of these parameters. And again, be before, before digital twin and certainly before cloud computing, you just, you, you just could never get there practically. I know you talked a lot about demand forecasting and, and things like that. But besides that, how does digital twin technology fit into the pandemic specifically? Well, you know, I think a, a really good example, uh, if we think about, uh, you know, pharmaceuticals, um, a lot of the um, a lot of the ingredients that are active in pharmaceuticals, they call them APIs, the active pharmaceutical ingredients. Um, a lot of those uh, were sourced offshore, uh, and a lot of those were, were coming from uh, from countries in Asia Pacific. And at the time of the pandemic, there was a, there was a, a global slowdown um, in, in transoceanic freight for lots of different reasons. And so there was a concern, you know, by a significant number of pharmaceutical companies of, you know, what are they going to do if the shipping lanes 
continue to be broken. Um, and so there was interest in understanding, you know, are there alternate sources for these APIs, these active pharmaceutical ingredients that, that, that go into these, these vitally needed um, pharmaceutical products? And what was interesting is that, that a lot of pharmaceutical companies that had digital twins in place that were using simulation software literally had already developed scenarios of what would happen if we ever lost a sea lane or what would happen you know, if there was a, in maybe not because of a, of a pandemic, but because of a natural disaster or some other, some other reason, geopolitical, whatever it may happen to be. And so disruptions are all around us. Supply chain disruptions are something that companies large and small deal with you know, on a daily basis. And certainly the pandemic has exacerbated that and made you know, supply chain you know, a household world because we all understand the fragility that supply chains can have. And so with digital twin, Organizations are able to do advanced scenario planning and understand, you know, like like our, our, our friends in pharma, if you did lose a, an entire node and you know the shipping lanes were were, were crippled or, or slowed down, literally what are alternatives and what are the trade-offs in terms of either cost, service levels. Um, and by the way, you know, some pharma companies actually did uh, think about, you know, and did have to ship to either, you know, air freight or, or ground freight. And again, there were decisions and trade-offs to optimize around those as well, temporarily until, until uh, shipping lanes were restored. So it, it's, that, it's that ability to have scenario planning and, and have alternative uh, understanding but also the beautiful thing about about pairing um, a digital twin, you know, with your with your broader uh, demand planning and production planning and scheduling uh, software and, and, and programs, is that there the, the you get that benefit that machine learning that you mentioned earlier, so that literally you have predictive analytics, helping you recognize my 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 service levels perhaps are are, are you know becoming weak, are becoming more fragile. Literally, how is that going to influence our stocking strategy and, and our overall growth strategy? Because these things all go hand in hand. That was that's super fascinating about you know how to basically simulate a disaster and how to plan for it. That's one of the greatest things I think about AI is that we're able to really help mitigate disasters and you know try and figure out things before they happen. So with all of that, really interesting stuff already happening with digital twin technology, where do you think it's going to head in the future? That's a great question. I think, well, first of all, again, as I mentioned, you know, cloud computing is, is really the foundation that, that the full capability of digital twin really must rely upon. And we all, we all know that's becoming more and more prevalent. So that, that as, as more companies become um, uh, you know, more, more engaged in, in leveraging cloud computing, as we see so many are today, most, most organizations are, are gravitating that direction. The, the ability to implement digital twin and leverage capabilities will become more widespread. So that's, I think, one, one critical, critical consider, consideration. The other is, that um, you know, I, I've shared a, a couple of different scenarios today, speaking about digital twin in either real time or near real time, and and organizations, you know, if you read about all the full capabilities of digital twin, when we think about you know all of the you know IoT sensors, and we think about um, you know the the product portfolio and all of the characteristics, and you know then you take about all, all the all the volatility and demand, and you think about all those moving pieces. 
And for some organizations that are just starting to try to migrate to a more customer-centric supply chain, that could seem overwhelming. And, and there are ways to begin taking advantage of digital twin by, as an example, digitizing just your operating environment, just having a digital representation of your operating environment, whether it's your processes, your capital equipment, um, uh, you know, and other, other capabilities inside your supply chain, beginning to use you know, foundational supply chain simulation tools um, that may not you know, today be directly linked to your ERP system, or you may not yet have linked those, you know, to your, to your, to your forecasting uh, and, you know, link that all the way through, but, you know, up to your, uh, up to your suppliers as an example, but beginning even with an operations digital twin is a major step forward because it creates visibility and transparency to your true capabilities. And that in and of itself can help with, with more informed decision-making. And then little by little, you can continue to, you know, to leverage you know, other, other capabilities within the digital twin suite of, of capabilities. But ultimately, where, co where companies you know, should be aiming, setting the bar, is truly, again, enabling this, this concept of, of, of true customer-centric supply chain, where, it, where they're, they're almost self-driving, where, where the, the digital fact base that the digital twin is residing upon is so interconnected across, across the, the supply chain ecosystem that as, um, as performance is, starts to wane or other challenges you know, uh, uh, raise their head, or again, there's an issue with a, with a supplier or some, some, other, uh, some other dynamic happens, literally, the, the, the system can, be self, can become self-correcting. Uh, and that, that ultimately is kind of the goal that, uh, that a lot of companies today are shooting for. So how are they able to self-correct? What will, will they be able to? Can you like just get into it? I know it's obviously not here yet, but how do you think that that would come about? I'm just, that's so interesting to me. Well, ultimately, if we think about you know the way um, the way logistics is managed today, as an example, uh, today there are there are still a lot of manual interventions today in terms of you know what is stocked at what you know at what level you know at, you know looking at uh, supply and demand volatility, looking you know looking at the parameters of certain of certain products, whether they're perishable or non-perishable, and you know, so many different type of, of characteristics come into in, into that multi-echelon multi-echelon inventory planning. But imagine for a moment if some of these these volatile dynamics that I've been sharing with you start to get recognized automatically. You know, the 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 all the way through procurement, you know, the the the, the ability to launch, you know, launch, uh, you know, whether it's a, a a a request for purchase orders or work orders or you know even even commands, you know, all, all the way through logistics, um, you know, all, all of all of those elements today, in many cases, are getting you know digital electronic signals, right? But today, in many cases. There's human intervention. Looking at that schedule, sometimes for so many companies, you know, doing you know off offside, you know, uh, calculations using manual tools, whether it's Microsoft Office tools or something else, and then putting that data back into their back into their ERP systems, et cetera. That that is is still all too prevalent today. You know, imagine those corrections being autonomous because the data is is accurate in terms of the way. That that production environment, uh, whether it's again whether it's physical production or whether it's whether it's you know uh, the transmission of, of information, but with that with that environment being being you know accurately depicted you know in the digital model as volatility and demand or supply is you know is is present, 
those self-corrections that today are being made by, by us humans in the future, those signals may come right from the machines and especially as you've mentioned for machine learning. Thank you so much for all that information. I, I'm really excited that we were able to get into not a lesser known technology, but like I said, not as consumer facing because it's really, really cool. Well, we, you know, we see, we see the digital twin Brielle is, is something that I think, you know, it were today, we, uh, um, you know, it, it's still new to some people. Uh, I think this is something that, that, you know, in the very near future is going to become, you know, much more prevalent. It, it already in supply chains, we know we see the volatility and the dynamic, why it's so needed there. But there, there's a place for digital twins in, you know, in many, many, many elements of, of the way we, you know, the way businesses run, the way households run, the way we think about, you know, the, the way we think about the environment, uh, the way we, you know, the way we model things like, you know, whether it's climate change or, you know, impact of carbon footprint, you know, so many different dimensions of the world around us, you know, are already modeled, you know, in, in, in digital environments. And I think more and more, you know, as we continue to drive, you know, toward uh, protecting the planet and protecting those around us, you know, digital twins will become more and more, more and more important. Well, that's all I have time for today, but thank you so much again. You too, Brielle. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a re review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next week, we get up close and personal with the driverless technology in the trucking space. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Brielle for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode.